Our Father, thank you for meeting us in this place today. Thank you for walking with us in our lives through, through everything that we go through. Thank you so much that we have some moments to rest, some moments to be refreshed. Thank you that we see your presence all around us. God, we also thank you today for our freedoms. We thank you for those who have given, given everything so that we might experience life. Pray that you would bless us this morning as we uh, share in your word, as we just enjoy some time together. We pray that you would just be among us. Just thank you for meeting us in this place. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And the church together says, amen. Well, I'm so glad that you guys are here. Uh, July 3rd is always a very interesting time of year. It's, it's almost halfway through the summer, and for some people, we feel like the summer is going really quickly, <laughs> and for others of us, uh, we feel like the summer is taking forever, and we're ready for it to be fall. Um, I know that in January or February, we, we're, all, uh, we're all hoping for it to get warmer, and then you get to July, and you think, we have prayed the wrong prayer. Uh, but it's, it's great for us to be here. Um, I know that a lot of people are traveling this weekend. Hope that you have some great times uh, great times with your families, some great time away, that you find, uh, find time to be refreshed as well. I, I want to talk today, uh, today's sermon is called The Path to Identity, and I want to kind of use what's going on in our world and what we're celebrating right now to sort of talk about what it means for us to have identity and what, what that actually incorporates in our, worlds, in, in our world today. I think this is a big question about what, what is our identity? How do we forge our identity? And I want to kind of walk us through um, maybe some similarities between what's going on and what we're celebrating, you know, this weekend and tomorrow as well as as kind of how we get there or what that path ultimately is. And so I'm going to talk about four words today. Uh, those words are sacrifice, freedom, independence, and ultimately identity. And I want to talk about uh, these words, the way that, that God has created a symmetry between these four um, for, for something powerful to emerge on the end. So let's start with the word sacrifice. Um, I see these bumper stickers sometimes, which I think we all agree with, that says freedom isn't free. And that's a true statement. Uh, freedom is free to us a lot of the times, but freedom isn't actually free. Freedom requires sacrifice. Uh, when, when I was in elementary school, um, we, you know, we had tennis courts and we had you know, fields and, and all this kind of stuff. The one thing that our school did not have was a pool. Uh, now, we didn't have an Olympic, we weren't going to have an Olympic-sized pool, but one of those, you know, half olympic size or whatever elementary school kids uh, are a part of. And I remember for about three or four years, uh, as I was, you know, graduating from elementary school, um, we would have fundraisers for this pool that one day we were going to have. And uh, we would always do these fundraisers, usually once or twice a year, and you'd raise money, and then you'd win door prizes or gift cards because you raised a certain amount, and I won a couple of those as well. And it was a multi-year process where um, we were going to raise money for this pool. Now, in my time at that school, we never had a pool. I was never able to compete as a swimmer. Uh, that was just not something that our school offered because we didn't have it yet. And for years and years and years, we were raising money 
for this pool that we were not going to enjoy. And that's the same as sacrifice. It's ultimately the same as when people uh, gain freedom. There are others that are willing to give up everything or even give up their lives for the next generation. Now, my sister, my older sister, Elise, and her kids have, uh, some of them have gone to that school. Some of them have since, you know, moved into high school. But they swam in that pool. And I, I wish, I at least hope, that there's sort of a plaque or a conversation at some point that says, you know, other people sacrificed so that you could experience this and enjoy this. And that's kind of how, how freedom works. It starts with sacrifice. We have to give something up in order for us to get something different. And when we talk about church or when we talk about faith, a lot of times I will hear people say, you know, grace is the free gift of God, and we believe that, but the reality is, is that somebody had to pay for that. Somebody had to sacrifice, namely God had to give up everything, even his own life, so that we could have the benefit of this free gift. Let's read some texts today in our Bibles. The first one is out of Ephesians uh, chapter 2 that simply says, uh, as for you, this is Paul writing to the church, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin. In other words, you were, you were enslaved by them, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient, talking about Satan, talking about evil. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath or, or punishment. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even though that we were dead in our transgressions. And then here's the line, for it is by grace that you have been saved. And so we understand this idea of being saved by grace. Later, when Paul writes in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, there's a nice way of him saying this. He says, the wages of sin are death, but the gift or the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You can hear the language of sacrifice behind these words. God has had to do something so that we can experience freedom. And he has given the ultimate sacrifice. And we need to always remember that even though we experience this, freedom is not free. So let's talk a little bit about, about freedom. When, when people become free people, when people are free, what do people do? Well, people have this newfound, I mean, I think maybe if you're a, if you're a high schooler and, you know, mom and dad, you're, you're driving the car for the first time, or mom and dad are, are giving you a, a curfew, at first, you know, you really want to be real careful with that freedom, and you want to only do the things that keep you in the right space. And I think most places, there's this euphoria of freedom. And even when it comes to Christ, there's this euphoria. We watch it when people give their lives to Christ or they're baptized. We watch that this freedom grows inside of them, and they want to be very careful with that freedom. But over time, something starts to happen, and we start to get rid of that freedom, or we start to give some of that freedom up. In uh, starting next Sunday, we're going to start a, a series on the book of Galatians and kind of do a deep dive as to what it means to be free 
in Christ. Now, we're not going to get there for a long time, so I don't mind sharing with you Galatians 5 and verse 1. After he shared a lot of other things, which we'll get to, Paul writes and he says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Like, in other words, that's the vision and the goal for why Jesus did what he did. And then he, the encouragement is, stand firm then and do not let yourselves again be burdened by a yoke of slavery. Uh, it's code language to say Jesus has sacrificed so that we don't go backwards to sacrifice, that we don't have to give something up, that we, the goal of why Jesus did what he did is so that we could be free, because freedom leads to something. Uh, in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 16, Peter's encouragement to the church at that time that is, that is struggling because they're being oppressed by outside forces, he says, live as free people. But don't use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Don't, don't play this game of, well, I'm free in Christ and God's going to forgive me, so I'm going to live however I want and it's not going to be a big deal. Sacrifice leads us to a place of freedom and there is power in the midst of that. We also learn that when we are free people, and this is true of our country and what we're celebrating, when people have sacrificed and when freedom from oppression emerges, there's this beautiful thing called independence. Now tomorrow, we're going to celebrate the day of independence, right? 244 years ago is when this event happened. We've had independence for a long time. And there's a lot of powerful things that happen with independence. But independence kind of works like freedom. Let's come back to those high schoolers or maybe those people that go off to college, or maybe you're, you're done with all your training, you have that first job, and your boss gives you a large amount of independence. You don't ever want to ruin that independence, do you, right off the bat? You don't, want to just, you, you don't want to just start doing things that you shouldn't do, although ironically, over time, we start doing that. Because God has given us choices, over time, we start making the wrong choices. We really want to make the right choices, but human nature is that over time we start to make the bad choices. This is what happens in the garden. I think Adam and Eve for a long time made good choices. They chose God. They stayed away from the things they were supposed to stay away from. And they lived with freedom and with independence. But we're human. And that human desire to deviate from the path is just kind of an intrinsic thing that happens in our lives. Independence is meant to be something powerful. It gives us the power of choice. But independence also leaves us vulnerable to make bad choices. There are many Psalms and Proverbs that are written uh, kind of about this and there's these beautiful little poetic snippets uh, about how independence actually works. In Psalm 81, uh, in verse 11 and 12, God is writing to, you know, this is a word that's coming from God to the people. It says, but my people will not listen to me. Israel would, would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own devices. You see the language of they're independent and I've given them the power of choice, but they've stopped listening. They've chosen to stop listening. They've chosen to be stubborn. They've chosen to seek themselves rather than me, and that is changing the dynamic of my relationship with them. 
James has a similar warning in James chapter 3. He says, for where you have envy and selfish ambition, meaning your independence means more to you than, than you know, your relationship to God, it says you will find disorder and every evil practice. Freedom that leads ultimately to independence, but independence hurts us sometimes because it leads us down a, down a rabbit trail. It leads us to make decisions away from God rather than towards Him. And independence's goal, when God leads the Israelites out of Egypt and they're slaves, and there is sacrificial things that happen, the death of the firstborn, the, the, the killing of all the soldiers you know, in the Red Sea, they're given freedom, but it comes in the desert, and then God meets them on Mount Sinai, and, and they're becoming, he, he's basically giving them a declaration of independence from Mount Sinai. And the goal is this, that they will find their identity. God sacrifices so that we are free, so that we gain independence, and ultimately that we find our identity. Now, I don't know if you've noticed this, but our world is in an identity crisis. And I'm not just talking about, um, I'm not just talking about that, that we don't know who we are. I, I think the last few years, we've had to kind of rediscover who we are. We've gone through a lot. Our families have changed. It's affected our children. Uh, things like social media have not always helped or been positive. We talked about this, you know, a few weeks back, about how how so often our identity is tied up to some, some profile or how many likes we get. And, and there's so many new things. I get told, you know, every, every other week there are, these, there are these new abuses of people that are attacking ultimately people's identity and asking people to do things that are crude and rude and then blackmail. And, and, you, and we're not using these things as we should. And so uh, for a lot of people, and especially for a lot of younger people, one of the greatest struggles right now is our identity. Who, who am I? And we live in a world where the rules have changed and where people have changed and we're using language like how do you identify and it's confusing and we're not sure where it's all going to land. And we are in an identity crisis. Now, I don't want to oversimplify it because I think some of that stuff is, is, um, is needing to be talked about because we just have never talked about these things. And maybe over time we will do that. But at the core of this, I believe, I believe this to be true. Our identity should be in Christ. It should only be in Christ. And if we are living in a world at a time where we are unsure of our identity, the one thing that I can almost guarantee you 100% is that our identity in Christ is not secure. We don't know who we are in Christ. And that's why we're struggling with these worldly ideas. We've got all this freedom and we've got all this independence to choose, but it hasn't led us to a greater sense of identity. It's been worse. And more and more of us do not identify as Christian or with Christ. And that is affecting what happens in other areas of our lives. I'm not just saying if you believe in Jesus and love Jesus, it's going to solve all your problems. But when we fully understand our identity in Christ, 
It will change the way that we approach the world. When Paul writes in Galatians, and again, we're going to get to this in a few weeks as we go through this series, he writes these powerful words that says, I have been crucified with Christ, right? There's sacrificial language in there. And I no longer live, okay? That's sacrifice. But Christ lives in me. The life that I now live in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's an identity passage. Uh, Later in Galatians 4 and verse 7, again, I'm just giving you previews of what's coming in the next few weeks, uh, Paul says, so you are no longer a slave but God's child. And since you are his child, you are also an heir. Paul is unpacking this order that we've talked about today. God is the one who starts with sacrifice that leads to freedom, that leads to us having the power of choice, and ultimately for us finding our identity in him. That's how God does things. What God ultimately does or wants through this fourfold process, and there's probably a lot more steps, don't get me wrong, is he wants us to find our identity. That's why we do church. That's why we do what we do here. That's why we gather and spend time worshiping and remembering what God has done. Tomorrow we celebrate a country's independence. But maybe there should also be some echoes because that's not a new idea to the United States or to a lot of other countries. That idea grew out of the heart of God that says, I am willing to sacrifice so that you can find freedom and independence and identity. But the order should be reversed for us. We shouldn't start with sacrifice because God has done that. We don't need to start with that. We should start with our identity. And when we know who we are, especially in Christ, it will change how we live into our independence and the choices that we make. It will help us to understand that the only freedom that truly matters is the freedom that comes from Christ. Yes, freedom in a country is fantastic and we should celebrate that, but it's temporary freedom. It won't last forever, but the freedom that comes from living in Christ will last forever. And when we understand our identity and we make choices according to that and we understand our our freedom, we will live sacrificially. We will start to pour our lives out as a representation of what God has done for us so that other people can find their identity as well. If you're dealing with somebody in your life or maybe you yourself are struggling with your identity, start with Jesus. If you're living with people around you that are struggling with their identity and they're using language or they're on, you've got, it's going to take a sacrifice from you, which is actually the sacrifice of God in you towards them for them to know that it's safe enough for them to pursue their identity in Christ. If you know who you are in Christ and you exude that in the way that you live, you will become a sacrifice for them to walk the path to freedom and independence and ultimately to them finding their identity in Christ. The path 
of independence begins, uh, the path of identity begins with God. And so I want you to hear today, we are free people. We live in a beautiful place. We get to experience things that a lot of people around the world don't. But it's sad if we only use that for our own desires rather than using that to share the identity of Christ with people. So I hope you hear a word of encouragement in that today, a word of power in that today. Who we are in Christ matters. And now we're going to have to turn that upside down and we're going to have to walk the gauntlet and be sacrificial for someone else so that they can find their identity in Christ. And when we do that for each other, we celebrate the kingdom of God. We become the church that God desires that more and more people find their identity in Christ. I hope you guys have a wonderful celebration with your families tomorrow. Uh, try not to eat too much, although I know we all will. But I hope that it's just a wonderful moment to celebrate these things. Maybe, maybe talk about these things around your tables tomorrow for whatever you're doing and enjoying. Let's pray together today. Father, thank you so much for meeting us in this place. Thank you so much for, for guiding us. Thank you for the freedoms that we enjoy and experience every single day. Pray that we would never take them for granted. Pray that we would be assured of our identity in you today. And may we do our best to carry that to the people around us in our lives. Thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus that gives us identity today. We pray that you would bless us and walk with us and guide us. And we ask this all through Jesus. Amen.